Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Streaming Wasteland? It's Ringo and Greg. Say hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. This week, I've got a new mic, so let's see how this plays out. And along with that new mic, we went ahead and took What on... happened to your old mic? It's right here on my head, actually. But why two mics? Because the more mics, the more sound I can produce and the more annoying we I can be. We call you Ringo Dos. Ringo Dos. <laughs> Dos Ringo. Um, so for this week, we went ahead and took on 2023's The Pope's Exorcist on Netflix. But before we get into that, Greg, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Reading descriptions of Christmas movies and getting more and more grumpy about the upcoming Christmas season. <laughs> I am not going to... Well, I'll enjoy watching these movies because, boy, oh, boy, we'll have something to say. But it's not going to be necessarily what what people want but otherwise we started watching the house of usher or follow the house of usher and man that show is fucking intense and i love it that's really good stuff i am i'm sounds weird to say i'm sad for netflix because they're losing mike flanagan to amazon starting next halloween so they had a good run with midnight mass and the haunting of Bly manor and everything but it sounds like follow house of usher was his like magnus open for them mm. and i said that wrong magnum opus for them <laughs> not a magnus opum i don't think that's a thing <laughs> but yeah it sounds like this was his his final piece for them and fuck dude it's a banger to go out on yeah and my wife and i started watching that as well it's i i like this and i didn't realize that it was based off a an edgar Allan poe poem story yes Whatever. it's a short story yeah okay see i i, I didn't i didn't read more than like the Telltale Heart and some of the other stuff that was required in school. I didn't go any deeper than that. Yeah, so each episode is actually named after one of his short stories, and the it follows the short story, like, kind of. So, obviously, Poe didn't have two dudes sitting down to discuss pharmaceutical fraud charges as, like, the backdrop for this, but each one of these stories is tied in to one of his short stories so each episode so for example the first episode is called the mask of the red death and in that one in the mask of the red death a bunch of nobles are basically isolating themselves in a palace from the rest of the town and it's because the town has plague and they have a big ball to keep themselves entertained and they do it's like a masquerade ball mask and they have it seven different color themed rooms and all of a sudden a plague bearer shows up and everybody inside the castle dies too. And it's kind of what happened with that episode, right? Is homie turned on the acid sprinklers and everybody got acided and it was acid because it was waste from a plant or the medical facility, et cetera. So it's kind of the whole thing of plague and death and yada, yada. That's cool. I, you know, now I, now I kind of wish I had read some of these before going into the, into the show. Well, uh, they're all free on the internet, so you can read them anytime. Yeah, well, I probably won't remember them uh, after after I'm finished watching the show because of all the shit that's going on with school. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you could stop learning. 
I could stop learning, but then and start reading. But then, you know, I've got to go ahead and deal with you sending me articles and things to go ahead and learn from. I I don't expect that you actually read any of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I learned my lesson. If I don't read them, then you then you go ahead and send me a questionnaire, and then you go ahead and grade me off it, and then I get an F, and then I got to go ahead and study that stuff. Then you send me to school, which I have to pay for. You're not paying for it. I'm paying for it. You're That's sending correct. me to school. Yeah. See, I'm giving I, you the opportunity to learn. See, I've, I've learned. I need to go ahead and study these. I imagine sure that, that I you actually just kind of like rub your hand on the screen and try to like osmosis it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering my wife told me to stop going ahead and trying to like eat the phone because she said that the, the medical bills were starting to get out of hand. Yeah, I have to go ahead and like, you know, pray over it like a, like a priest. Come to me, knowledge. Come to me. <laughs> I'm guessing that those medical bills reached five G's. <laughs> Ah, because ah, cell phone. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm keeping it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like that one. <laughs> it's not a good one. We should. I will probably edit that out. Boo, boo, boo. this man. <laughs> man, this is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, so you, you've been listening to me complain about my my team in class, and mm-hmm. they decided to go ahead and make me the manager of the group, and I'm like, yay! <laughs> You're all fired. I'm not allowed to fire them, though. I'm the manager, but I'm not allowed to fire them. The, the, I have to go ahead and get the instructor involved, and the instructor has to go, well, they haven't talked to you in 24 hours, so now I can fire them, even though they hadn't talked to me in 72. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I, I would, have... I would fire them. I'd rather do this assignment on my own. But yeah, we've also been watching the fall, the fall of the House of Usher, and then I've been just watching what I can. And funny thing is one of the, one of the movies that we have for this week, I ended up watching twice because yesterday we had to take Remy to, to the vet, like I told you, and whatever they, they dosed him with, he was just whining throughout the whole entire movie. So I couldn't concentrate on it. And I felt so bad. There was, there's nothing that we could have done for him. Like they didn't give us any like, uh, pain medication, nothing to calm him down. Man, that sucks. Yeah. And they said, well, you we're going to give you some stuff to go ahead and help help him heal, but that injury on his chest is just, that's chronic and it'll be with him probably forever. So that's cool. That sucks. Yeah. It sucks that he's like in pain because of it and it sucks that he's also, you know, going to have to deal with this forever. Yeah. Well, and from my understanding, the way the vet put it, it, so long as we take him in occasionally, the vet's going to try and help him, but there's no promises that that's mm-hmm. going to do much more than kind of alleviate the issue slightly. Because I guess, and this is the weird thing, finding out that apparently animals, dogs, go ahead and heal in a drastically different way than we do. So if I get a cut, my cut's going to go ahead and heal over itself. Apparently with, with Remy, his cut heals in a cone, like down to huh. like the, the, the muscle beneath or something like that. At least that's the way the vet explained it to me. And that's... then it'll, it'll just fill with fluid, which is great. Trigger that's warning nice. for anyone that's watching, listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, post, post, post-mortem there. <laughs> yeah, after you told us that, we went and bought Tuck's little doggy Kevlar vest, so he should be good to go. Nice. Yeah. yeah. The wife and I were considering doing that, too, to go ahead and make sure that he stops screwing with it. But I'm like, hmm, what if he goes ahead and, like, bashes that that thing up against something? I was thinking, like, you guys might be able to do something like a a sweater or something. Mm -hmm. But then, like, 
as long as you have the cut bandage, it should be fine, right? But, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys have tried just about everything. He's very resilient at not being treated, so. Yeah. I'm just going to duct, duct tape him down. Have you ever thought about calling the Vatican to see if there's something possessing him? I could go ahead and start talking about this movie, and maybe that'll go ahead and help me solve this problem. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> So as I said in the beginning, this this week we went ahead and took on 2023's The Pope's Exorcist, which is on Netflix. This movie is starring Russell Crowe as Father Gabriel Amorath. Amorth. Amorth. My, my apologies. My, Amorth. And then we have Daniel Zavato as Father Escabel. Alexandra Esso. Essoe as Julia. I think it's just Esso. Esso as Julia. The one that Greg helped me out with earlier that my brain threw out, Peter <laughs> D'Souza Fioni as Henry, Laurel Martson as Amy. The trigger warnings for this movie is sacrile- sacrilege, heresy, possession, fam- familiar violence, and suicide. The synopsis, Russell Crowe is the Pope exorcist, and he gets a big case where he needs to go do a bunch of exercising. <laughs> <laughs> Julia and her kids, Henry and Amy, have actually moved into a monastery where the king of hell lives, and Henry is possessed. It's up to Father Amorth and Father Escabel to banish this demon, and along the way find a map to all other 199 places on earth where God is not welcome, one of which I assume is the Denis on <laughs> Berryessa. Uh, thus setting up the franchise for an installment to come. Uh, (laughs) How about them reviews for Polygon? Austin Gosselin writes, The Pope's Exorcist doesn't match the bone-deep terror or filmmaking heights of the original Exorcist, but sets itself apart by building the whole movie on an understanding that its whole premise is a little silly, and it's never afraid to lean into that fact. For Collider... Emma uh, Kylie reviews the film tries to pack in so much subplot and religious context that it leaves no time to build up scare properly. The only people who would actually be scared by this movie are about five years too young to legally see it. On Metacritic, user Parveen gave it a 10, saying, A neat, very good horror film, refreshing, refreshing one in this genre. Recommended. On Rotten Tomatoes, we have user J42 gave it a 4 commenting. It was well written, well acted, but ultimately nothing stood out about it, and it ended up feeling a little contrived and bland. So, Greg, before we get into my thoughts on it, how do you feel about this movie? First of all, I know for sure the Denny's on Berryessa is a place where God is not welcome. But we'll we'll wait for the, the Catholic Church to get around to that. The... I do also want to call out that user Paravine did give it a 10. She didn't just say recommended, or they didn't just say recommended. They say recommended because there's three <laughs> exclamation points there. So I would say this movie is like, like, it's not a six out of nine. That's for sure. I'd say it's like a four. I have two problems with most, most exorcism movies, including the original exorcist. One is I think that a lot of times they use the excuse of possession to just do gross out horror which is fine i don't have a problem with it in and of itself but it feels like especially in this movie that is all they had going for themselves they were like well what if we just added a shitload of blood and pus and puke you know we just everything all over the place right what if people were dripping but my other big problem with exorcism movies is 
I wasn't raised Catholic, nor do I really know anybody who is very, I wouldn't say like actively, because I did know people who were actively, but like passionately, deeply Catholic. There were, I don't want to use the word, performative, I guess, Catholics, people who went every Sunday, they went to their various masses, but it didn't matter into their day-to-day lives. I knew a lot of families like that. So all of this stuff about exorcisms, demons, books of the Bible, the Vatican, the cardinals, etc. Anytime that's in any movie, for me, it's double learning. I have to learn what it is in the context of this movie and also learn what it is as, like, in the real, quote-unquote, real world of these movies. So I'm already kind of lost. And then the rules themselves don't seem to apply consistently within movies. This one in specific... I don't understand what crucifixes are for because a good third of the time the demons are able to just manipulate crucifixes, turn them upside down, ignore them. And then the other two thirds of the time they just get banished by them. And maybe I missed something where they got extra holy power from something, but I didn't, I didn't understand why it was that the demon is only vulnerable at the end. What was it? Escabel's fucking good faith returning to him that finally allowed him to banish the demon. And then the whole plot about this demon was going to take over the exorcist, the, the position that they already wanted to get rid of in the Vatican. And that was somehow going to ruin the Vatican and expose the whole order as fraudulent. My thought was like, you don't, you don't have to show them shit. You don't have to possess anybody. (laughs) just release some of the allegations against them. And I'm pretty sure it exposes most of the church is pretty fraudulent. You'll notice how none of those people have faced any jail time yet in a country that sure seems to want to invade pizza parlors to show that, you know, there might be pedophiles down there. We're certainly fine with our priests just moving to another country. Yeah. Yeah, But like in this country, they want to hunt the, the, the monsters that we we create in our mind, they don't want to hunt the real ones. That's that's the problem there. Because hunting the real ones means actually having to confront the stuff that they have to deal with. I, I think that you know part of the the thing that would be interesting about this movie is if the demon king, Asmodeus, was willing to not go ahead and hurt a bunch of kids and instead just started doing journalistic tendencies to go ahead and tear down the church. <laughs> he just. Yeah, he just... <laughs> He possesses Dan Rather. He's just running around. <laughs> I'll show these bastards. I don't know if that's what Dan Rather sounds like. It's just the first journalist that popped into my head. I'm old. <laughs> so one of the issues that I have with these sorts of, with the religious style of horror films is typically you have a few tropes that they like to go ahead and do. You have the, you typically have an exorcist that shows up. And if the exorcist is going to play a major part in the, in the story, the exorcist has a, an issue with faith. Like they, they don't believe anymore for whatever reason, yet they still keep working for the church. They keep going ahead and doing exorcists and like, they've done a billion exorcists and none of them are real. And they're just looking for that one that's real. And they find the one that's real and they die to it. The other issue that I find that I have is same premise, except in the moment where the demon is about to kill them, they find God again and the God saves them. And then they banish the demon from the child or the woman because it's never it's never the husband or or someone you know that's not part of a family that that's possessed, except for in it's not Annabelle. There, there's a horror film where where the husband actually gets possessed, and 
I'm not going to get into that one. But typically, what I've seen is you have the exorcist that has a has a falling out with faith. You have the exorcist that dies, and then you have like the family, like in this one, that moves into a house they don't understand, and and someone gets possessed, so they have to bring in an exorcist, and the exorcist goes, "Oh, I can't take care of that," and just runs out. I think you you mentioned that one to me, and I remember that happens a lot, where the exorcist walks in and goes, "I shouldn't be here." The, the Holy Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and all that, and then runs out and just like, why, why'd you come then? What <laughs> fucking waste of he, fucking... They were hoping it was one of the fake ones. Yeah, yeah, they were hoping it was a fake one so that they could continue on with not believing. They, then... were, they showed up and they were just hoping that it was little Timmy on a temper tantrum, <laughs> and then they could be like, your son doesn't need anything. It's just a little bit of tender loving care, you know, and then they could leave. But instead, they show up and the demon's like, fuck you, and they're like, I have to go now. I forgot. I left the kettle on. Uh, going to Sunday church is not going to fix your kid. Uh, I think you should put him up for adoption. Bye. <laughs> Don't unleash that on the world. <laughs> you, you made the crappy little crotch goblin. You take care of it. <laughs> Kid's a nightmare. Don't just put him up for adoption. Fix him first, then put him up for adoption. No, no. Make him someone else's problem. That's No. Yeah. No. Come on. We already have enough things to do in America. No, we no, got, like, no. Fix her upper. We've got like sixty nine problems in this country. <laughs> like, yeah, but a kid ain't one. That's that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think that another issue that I that I have in directing this one at this movie is like we have this tension that builds up for like the first two acts, and then the third act, nobody dies. Yeah, but that's pretty typical in exorcist movies. If it's not the main exorcist that dies, then nobody dies because you have to show that everybody got saved. My issue was really with the ending, the last act of this movie being basically a supernatural action movie instead of the end of an exorcism movie. We got people jumping up from the dead. We got multi-possessions. We got a little bit of Vatican spy thriller where the Pope found the lost note from... 800 years ago where the previous guy had said like oh by the way i locked the king of hell in this abbey nobody should come here mm-hmm. and then and then we got this whole like beam fight it's not even a beam fight but like a faith fight between the two the possessed exorcist and the unpossessed one and the devil sitting on the throne of hell and or on the throne down there and just the whole thing felt like I felt like they wanted to make a different movie. Like they were already trying to make the sequel to this movie. Mm-hmm. They wanted to end this one on a cliffhanger of like Russell Crowe getting possessed. And then they were just going to cut and the next movie is going to pick up where the first one left off, but they ended up not being able to do it. And then you get, like I mentioned in the recap, the, the setup for 199 sequels because there are apparently 199 more devil spots on planet earth in which God is not welcome. I assume another one of them is New Mexico. New Mexico. Probably. And they let me leave, so that's going to be 200 since I've left. The other issue that I'd like to go ahead and bring up, when you have a demon that's so powerful that, you know, when the church was at its peak and they couldn't take care of it, and some exorcist who's been doing a billion fucking exorcisms and he keeps going ahead and killing uh, pigs to go ahead and deal with it, he's not going to deal with this. He's not going to fix it. He's going to die there. Yeah, for, for real. And the, the big thing was interesting, the idea of making the demon jump out of a body and into a pig and then killing the pig real quick so that the demon can't possess anything. It's clever. It's clever psychology as well. But 
when we first saw it in the beginning and he was like, oh, that's a nice pig. And the guy's like, only the best. I'm like, you probably your best pig for this. Like, wouldn't you want to bring like your shittiest little pig? No, like, because they're they're probably going to have a Montanza after that. I don't know. I don't know if people who believe in exorcism and possession would eat the demon infested pork. Depends. I mean, ultimately, if they if they tell them that it's demon infested pork, then yeah, they're not going to. But odds are, that guy probably <laughs> just gonna, just going to sling mystery pork at them mm-hmm. and be like, no, they're like, mm, this one tastes sulfuric. Like, I don't mean, worry about it; it's fine. It's just they were drinking a lot of sulfur. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, whenever I go to go to the the butcher shop down the road from us and they're offering up chicken, I don't ask; I just eat that shit. <laughs> Dude, that could be you're going to get salmonella so bad. That could be demon ch- chicken. It could you're be. Gonna, you're going to get all the parasites. Not saying that the butcher's unclean, but you should at least ask what something is before you eat it. No, you offer me food. Do I need to tell it. you the Muddy Buddy story again? No, no, no. You <laughs> offer me food, I'm going to eat it. All right. Thanksgiving's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get ready for when we end up, end up in the forest, man. I got. I can't be picky. This bag of candy has one cyanide candy and Richard <laughs> ate them all. <laughs> Uh, why does one of these candies taste like almonds <laughs> you know i don't like almond joy come on nobody likes almond joys my mom does sorry mom <laughs> sorry mrs dos ringo <laughs> ringo two mics <laughs> my name yeah, I don't like know. my address keeps getting longer I feel like this movie wanted to draw on the exorcist and its legacy the Exorcist does stand out as a pretty scary film, both for the time and the way it's shot, but it depends a lot more on the slow buildup and the the creepy stuff in the background and not just the flash of a possession. Yeah. And so this movie is a big swing and a miss in terms of like traditional horror. I'd say the scariest stuff happens prior to the possession where they, those two guys, I don't know if this is like standard building practice in Spain. But I don't think if you see a hole, you just light a flare and throw it in it to see what happens. Also, you didn't smell the gas. There's They're talking about how it's full of it, and both priests react to it when they're down there. So my thought is, like, you didn't smell gas leaking from this hole. That that was a nice little loophole for them, though, to go ahead and be like, these guys just don't smell stuff. They can just go ahead and light fires wherever. And then the, that's, why, that's why the business that goes ahead and builds up buildings, like, end up blowing them up and then going, we can't work on it. And then they take up, you know, they take the, the owner to court. <laughs> that was also a little bit weird to me when they were like, we have to get our crew out of here. Uh, and the lady was just standing there, like, and not knowing what to do. I was like, well, there's Leave. tons of companies who will do, like natural gas remediation type things they can help you out with that but you actually have to call them and and leave in the meantime yeah you also can't keep your family in the on the gas pit if your basement just exploded from natural gas you probably move out i get that they didn't have anywhere else to go but you could probably get a hotel on a credit card stay in your car until you can find a place you can also you can also probably cancel all the money you were going to give that contractor i'm sure you did some initial down payment to get them started but everything else those funds are freed up now because they're not coming back and neither are you so so you know the funny thing is is the asmodeus gets exiled to hell or whatever the hell they do in the end and then the family moves back to america so they had money somewhere oh so that was covered the church repaid them for their time Okay, so you have to go through a possession to get church money. 
It's not the only way to get church money, but it is <laughs> it is one of the ways. Aww. Was, this movie does uphold the long tradition of the Vatican paying people off. The I guess for me, one of the big things that save this movie from being completely bad is that all the acting was actually pretty good for yeah, what's well. there. I don't think they I don't think they had like a banger of a script or like a master director to help them along, but I think it was enough that the actors were able to bring their A game and especially is it Russell Crowe? Yes. Russell. It was Russell Crowe. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Crowe did a fun job. I, I read one review that said the biggest horror here was his Italian accent. Uh, <laughs> it's fine, whatever. They they clearly let the actors have their moments of like over-the-top campiness with the whole thing, and I think that actually helps this movie a lot. And like I said, in terms of horror, I think it's a miss. In terms of some sort of horror action, it's a fine version of that. I'm not probably ever going to turn on a religious horror action movie just because that's weird to me and also i already played diablo so i don't really need to watch diablo they always talk about making a diablo movie and i'm like what would be left to like we did everything we saw everything but i'm sure they'll make it eventually that warcraft movie went over so well yeah but this movie's just weird the acting like i said is the only thing that's that really saves it I'm not looking forward to the inevitable sequel that will be out next year, I'm sure. Or I guess since the strikes aren't resolved quite yet, then the next year, two years from now, like 2025, they'll have the next installment out. What What if we end up getting two movies? One where it's just Russell Crowe taking on the ultimate demon and then his buddy, I don't remember what the guy's name is, but his buddy going ahead and taking on another demon, Diego. Or Escabel. What if this? Father of Morth falls in love and has children. And he realizes the ultimate demons are children. The whole time. <laughs> He's over there. This demon shackles you for 18 years. <laughs> He'd be going around going, I need my pig to get me into the Vatican game. I need my pig to get me into the Vatican game. <laughs> somebody, somebody put me in a pig and shoot me. <laughs> there was a I, moment in the, in the Vatican where the, when the Pope is discovering the long lost secret King of hell letter that he flips it over and we don't see what's written on it for a minute. And he's just holding it up. And I thought he was going to be like, doesn't look like anything to me. And I was like, <laughs> yes, here we go. Now we're going to find out the Pope was a secret agent the whole time. I think I maybe wouldn't have as many negative feelings towards this movie. If it wasn't as modious, the King of hell that they yeah. were fighting. Because it really feels like this isn't something that would have slipped through the cracks. I know record keeping wasn't the greatest in the 1400s, but clearly it was good enough to make sure a letter got back they, to them. They redacted everything except for the letter, man. Come on. Also, why would you do that? The, the papal archives are notoriously difficult to gain access to. You have to have a lot of credentials and a lot of reason to go looking in them. And even then, there's a lot of stuff that nobody's allowed to see, which is super cool thing that we have on this planet. Really cool thing for the Vatican to have. But you could just hide it. You don't need to. And who thought to redact it back then? Who was who, who was the Pope's exorcist then? He was walking around being like, oh, wait, you <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if the writers or directors were like, yeah, so the exorcist that was taken over by Asmodeus back in, you know, 
those times probably went into the Vatican and went ahead and scribbled it out. But he didn't. Yeah, but he was it. chained up in the like that guy died in that cave. His body yeah, but, was found. Yeah, but he, up there. he wasn't originally chained up there. He went ahead and instigated the. He chained himself up there. Like so, my thought is that it went down. Like he got himself down there with the help of like his exorcism crew which I imagine is like a dance battle crew, but then he <laughs> locked himself or he had them lock him in there be, and let them and then let the demon possess him. Now, why the demon couldn't get out from there again, something I don't really understand the rules of all these possessions are never really explained. They're not, but the, the thing that they did explain was that the exorcist that was taken over by Asmodeus kicked off the inquisition. Hmm. I said, that, that's what Russell Crowe said. He was like, oh. oh, yeah, he came over here to go ahead and stop a possession. And turns out that the possessed the, the possessor also possessed two other monks. Yeah. And then possessed the exorcist. And then the Inquisition started off because of that pope. Also, you remember we were talking about the more villains you need to add to your movie, the kind of weaker your franchise is getting. Yeah. I think triple possession is where you're starting to get to a point where maybe these stories need a different angle. True, but I also think that it was an interesting take considering whenever you have a, a movie, a religious movie, where you're going to have someone possessed, it's always all, only one person. Granted, I think that having to touch someone to possess them is kind of odd. Yeah, but I also, well, but he did need to touch that kid to possess him. The kid just fucking got, he, he, he was he, asleep and then just got got. No, 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 no. He went in and looked, he peeked in through the hole and he smelled the Asmodeus's fart and that's how he got possessed. Oh, right. Possessed. <laughs> I, I forgot the, uh, whoever smelt it, dealt it, rolled yeah. possession. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and because he smelt it before the two workers came, I've, I'm realizing now that's why they didn't smell it. The kid it inhaled, inhaled it all. Yeah, so there gotcha. wasn't any more gas in there until they lit it up and then the gas came out again. I see. Or the devil was just waiting to fart on them. Yeah. One of the one of those two. I mean, same difference. This, this movie's so this, fucking this weird. Movie, the more we talk about it, the more it falls apart. I mean, like 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 you said, I think that this movie was okay for a one time watch. It like a three out of nine, and I think even that I'm giving it a little a little a little higher rating than I should because Russell Crowe was entertaining to watch in this. But I just religious horror always bugs the shit out of me because we have possessions and someone who gets their neck twisted and doesn't die. I would love to see a possession movie where the person that they think is possessed is actually just like a serial killer. And <laughs> so the priest comes and he's like, get out of him demon. And then he starts acting all normal. And then he just kills the priest. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, the possessed goes, thanks. I'm going to kill you now. Well, it's just like, wouldn't that be, because that's kind of what they imply in the beginning is, oh, so many of these people think they're possessed, but they're really just having like a mental break or they're troubled or something. Mm -hmm. And what if it was like the worst version of that? You know? Yeah, they're <laughs> having a mental break, but not one of those ones where apparently you can just yell at them and they start feeling better again. But instead, one of those ones where it ends up in some sort of homicide or suicide. Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh. dude, that's the... John Wayne Gacy possession, right? There we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I think that's a good one. That'd be better than the usual standard possession movie where we have to find out. Also, I would like it if every once in a while they possess an adult the whole time instead right. of always possessing a little kid. Right. I get that we're supposed to feel afraid because we're kids are vulnerable and we're supposed to protect them. 
et cetera, et cetera. Like it's our monkey brain instincts to protect that sort of thing. But the flip side is in a movie, maybe you could show me something a little bit different. What if grandma got possessed? Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> you know, she prayed her whole entire life and the devil still got her. She went to she went to church every Sunday and and Wednesdays and Tuesdays and Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> she was just playing bingo. She was yeah. running the numbers. Yeah, my that would be my grandma. But yeah, I don't have much additional things to say about this movie. I've said everything I said. I'd give it a firm don't recommend. I yeah, don't I, think I think if you're really 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 into the exorcist, like if you fucking love possession movies then this is a fine entry into that genre but if you were just somebody who's looking for general horror movies i really think the third act will let you down yeah so the movie that i was thinking about was the amityville horror where the husband gets possessed and he's possessed through a majority of the movie i think that one kind of fits the father the the father getting possessed Um, yeah well it's the house that turns him evil it's kind of like the shining right yeah yeah so for me personally i think that you're onto it there with the don't don't watch this. I don't recommend this. I think that ultimately, if you're looking for a John Wick style uh, horror film, this kind of fits that. But I mean, go you can find out other stuff that's better. Yeah, this was a weird choice for Netflix. I guess they were really hoping to jump on that Exorcist train, but even then. I know I've praised The Exorcist earlier in this episode, but it's been f- almost 50 years, if not exactly 50 years since that movie came out. And so maybe there's a better example of a horror movie that we could praise and or try to rip off at this point. It's it's run its path. And so unless you have something really creative to add to the formula, why fucking make it? And it's for people like you and me who watched it just so we could get on the Internet and say, <laughs> hey, don't watch it. <laughs> Hey, maybe we'll go ahead and save people from watching it, though. I hope we do. I hope the the eight or nine of you that I know actually listen, for real, I know probably about 30% of the time you're like, fuck this guy. Don't do that this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because ultimately what Greg said, the third act is going to go ahead and make you really upset or really like disappointed in this movie because nothing really truly happens. They have a standoff dance battle. Yeah, well, and really it's just such a tonal shift from the first two acts that you you find yourself being like what the fuck am i watching it's a fucking marvel movie that's what i was saying i've got my notes here and i just read what the ending is a marvel movie it is it really really is and the first two acts are not that and so yeah it's just yeah unfortunate disappointing that the movie ended that way i was i was rooting for it up until yeah we got to that point i thought i was watching something interesting and then instead it pivoted into this weird faith battle and honestly i don't really know a better way to end the movie besides everybody dies and the monastery collapses in on them but that might have actually been better you know what i would have liked is asmodeus going ahead and marching against the vatican so we can next movie is G- it's jesus war <laughs> yeah Je- look okay if you want to go slocky if you want to go ahead and do like because with the tonal shift there i think that they could have gone down that route and asmodeus goes ahead and takes father amorth and takes him to the vatican and you know enacts an unholy war upon the most holy of cities that is on this planet to go ahead and destroy it and then god has to get involved you know if you want to go if you want to go ahead and have a superhero movie go ahead and do that (laughs) but i think that's blasphemous
So we've been streaming Wasteland, and we went ahead and watched The Pope's Exorcist. As Greg and I have said, do not watch. Go ahead and find us on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere else you get podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Greg, do you got anything else to add? If you find us on X, that's because we're exorcists. Exorcists. With that, bye, guys. Say bye, Greg. Say bye, Greg.